and we are back it is another episode of lyrical ones i am one of three hosts of the show s-i-n-e-o i am so thankful to be here today i am so appreciative to be here today and with that appreciation i'd like to say be spoken how are you doing how are you doing today listen What's up, everybody? Um, I am Bespoke hey. the Poet, and I am doing wonderful today. I am tired, which will probably be my regular status as we do this podcast since I live three hours ahead of y'all. But <laughs> I am feeling really good. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Affluence? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Um, yes. I'm Al, Al Fluent, Alex Q, uh, a little proposition. Glad to be here. It's been a wonderful long day. And I know any it's like any day above ground is great, but also when you when you're in a profession where you're passionate, you feel gifted, you feel um productive and useful, uh it's really also a blessing. I think you know, I'm able to do something that I, I love doing. I wake up every day wanting to be a part of the community that I'm in. I want to wake up wanting to be a part of, you know, the the network um, and share in people's lives the way I get to. Um, I feel fortunate to be supported. I feel fortunate to, to be a part of this Lyrical Ones community. Um, welcome everybody to a, another week. We got a great guest on, but before we get to the guest, Cineo, Cineo, how you living? Oh, that was so good. Cause if I, I got it. See, I got it too. You see how fast I came with it? Cause I was like, I wasn't gonna be outdone. See, for those that can't see, for the audio only listeners out there, the thing is, it's mirrored when it comes to the screen, right? So if you watch it live, or if you're watching, you know, me and Alfluent have always tried to get our synchronicity down when it comes to like being able to know which direction to point in, because. <laughs> It does look cool when you're able to, you know, get the cue down to point at the right square. And so you got to point in the opposite direction. And for so long, we just been stuck. We just been so stuck, like being able to get the right the right point. You know what I'm saying? Down Wait. on the screen. So all we're Wait, doing right now is. is just pointing at each other because it's been difficult going backwards because it's like, you know, going in the opposite direction. So. For those that are listening, sorry for the long, drawn-out why we're talking about pointing at each other. So, um, you know, this is, you know, Lurical Ones, episode 38. Made sure to keep track. I'm going to keep track on these. We're going to pile up these numbers. Um, I'm I'm appreciative of, of the moment that we have because we have a special guest. Yes. Um, super flexible to be able to swoop on in and make this happen for us. Almo Thug, how are you doing, Almo? Uh, yeah, man. I, I just want to say I'm thankful to be here. Um, I'm doing well today. Today's been a crazy day. I got my car smog, you know. Um, just thankful to see another day. Just been chilling with my family, taking care of my dog, and just knocking out school homework. Taking care of business. Taking care of the necessities, the essentials, making sure that all the things are taken care of. I appreciate that. That's what's up. Um, so Almo, what brings you to the Lyrical Ones podcast today? What you got going on? You you want the truth? I mean, yes. up. come on, yes. Yes. Always. yes, talk about your boy. 
last minute <laughs> phone call, man. I got a last minute phone call from Figo Navarro. Shout out to Figo, man. He was telling me that, um, you know, somebody else was supposed to be on here today and they cat it. So, you know, I took him for the team and I'm here today. <laughs> For sure, for sure. You know, it ain't ain't no shame, no thing, right? Step Everybody up to bat. Where they get in. Yes, definitely step up to bat. So, you know, let's go with the obvious. Why the name Almo Thug? For those that don't know, those that need to know, why the name Almo Thug? So, growing up with older siblings, you know, I grew up in a household where my sister listened to artists like Tupac, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Anthony Hamilton, Mac Dre. So as I got older, you know, it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. You know what I'm saying? So they would listen to a certain type of music. So I grew up listening to a certain type of music. And when I was in middle school, I just became a huge fan of Bone Thugs and Harmony. And they have a song called It's All Mo Thug. And me being a laid back per- person, that's my personality. Um, one day I got my PlayStation, my PlayStation 4, and I was making an account. And you know how like teachers, they, they hit you with the icebreakers like, oh, you could pick a animal that best describes you what animal would it be and why so for me like i said i'm a laid back person so i was like okay what, what's something that's laid back and i was like okay bone thugs they have a song called it's all mo thug so i just took out the it's and just ran with all mo thug and that's what people knew me as throughout high school okay okay so representing for the for the midwest boys yeah you know i'm saying yes. for those the, the 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 group the one of the most amazing rap groups like out of ohio ever out of ohio right like man talk about it because i ain't gonna lie for the longest time they was, they was from the west coast i mean of course they had the association with easy but yeah bone thugs and harmony that's not a that's not a bad move or a bad look to go with so with that when like when was i guess the introduction for you into like hip-hop like how old were you what was that one song that you were like you you just was like, what is this? This is for me. Like, what? When was that moment? Uh, man, I want to say around 2004. I was like four years old. First song I ever heard that I recall was Bone Thugs and Harmony. Well, Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. I also recall listening to songs like Want to Be a Baller by Lil Troy, and like Summer Nights by Lil Rob, and you know Tupac Changes, Dear Mama. You know, classics, man. The closest classics. I mean, you saying 2004, you got me thinking my life is like, what happened? Because I'm like, 2000. So you said Bone Dogs in Harmony, right? Crossroads. I remember I must have been like nine in the 90s listening to the Crossroads. If I if I can, I mean, if my frail old mind can even remember that far back. But I remember like, for real, I don't know if you felt like this at four, the way I felt at nine, but I was like, yo. I really feel real sad right now. Like I done lost people, but I couldn't even comprehend loss yeah. until I really like saw that music video. And I was like, no, no. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just remember that feeling of like this sense of empathy to what I'm seeing in the imagery and the song, what it's making me think like living in a hateful world. Like yeah, yeah. for those that don't know, right. Bone Thugs and Harmony, they, they literally, were one of the first rap groups to really introduce harmonizing harmonies melodies into rapping in a very like it was almost like they had like a choir like approach to it like for those that haven't listened to bone things in harmony definitely go listen to like first of the month go listen to crossroads these are some classic songs that are just timeless and so 
when you were nine, did you feel that sense of like emotional, like pull, like crossroads? Like, oh, I feel this. Yeah. Uh, so back in 2004, I was uh, I was confused. I'm like, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? All I remember was I got goosebumps. You know what I'm saying? I got goosebumps. And then uh, a bit later, I want to say like around eight years old, maybe nine, I, I seen the music video. I was like, wow, this is deep. And for some reason, every time we, me and my cousins would watch the, the music video, they had this scene where I want to say it's Uncle Charles. This man walks up to Uncle Charles and just, you know, puts his fingers on his forehead and he kind of, you know, falls back. And we always found that to be funny for some reason. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I, I just felt goosebumps. And I still do feel goosebumps to this day whenever I listen to the song. Yeah, no, that, that real scene. Life, man. It's real life. It is real life. That real scene real life. that you're talking about scared scared the behemoths out of me it scared yeah. me so much i was like it's a man that could just walk up on you and make your eyes just turn black like you take it man it's real out here in these streets i can't do it not for me so i feel that i feel that so okay so you you brought up tupac right you brought up you know bone thugs you brought up a lot of different types of you know kind of elements of, of hip-hop that you got to know um what what would you say are you like your go-to kind of favorite artist within the hip-hop sphere or at the moment or at the moment i mean just in general like yeah. i mean at the moment and then if you could like zoom out into like all time for you right now yeah so um at the moment i guess uh i've been slapping ramirez he's an artist from san francisco california he has an album called the players manual so i've been slapping him g perico and you know Tupac and Bone Thugs and Harmony, which is crazy because my lineup before I started making music has changed a lot. You, I used to listen to a lot of older cats like Bone Thugs and Tupac and like you know Bay Area stuff like the Jack the Hustler. But now that I make music myself, I'm starting to listen to people like my age who have like that old school sound, like Ramirez, for example. You know, like G. Perico. It's much appreciated. We just got a we just got a comment on the screen from Indigo Sense, stopping by, sending positive energy to you guys. We'll catch the playback. By all means, please catch the playback. We, you know, we definitely are doing it live right now, Wednesdays, every Wednesday. But for those of you that can't stick around, you know, this eventually will be on Spotify. Give us a couple weeks. We gotta, you know, get our things together. We're still wheels in motion at all times, even when they're like we ain't doing nothing, but. You know, just want to acknowledge those that acknowledge us. Sure. So, you say what? Yeah, man. <laughs> I was like, I was so caught off guard. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Who came? How'd that cut in? Where did it come from? Everybody else in here, man. Well, you know, wherever you are, whoever you are, you're not on the screen, but welcome. So, um, you know, just another thing is one of those when it comes down to it, like what makes you gravitate to the music that you listen to? Is there just, is it, because of who you are as a person and your personality, because you you know you mentioned having that laid back uh, kind of approach to just who you are in general, is that the reason why you gravitate to that that those artists and that type of music? Uh, yeah, I definitely say personality and just being able to to relate to a lot of the things that these artists rap about. Um, you know, they they rap about real stuff. In my opinion, there's a lot of things I can relate to. They talk about death. You know, I've witnessed loved ones pass away, and you know. I've had peers pass away, so yeah, man, just personal experiences and personality, to be honest, and 
just like the instruments, you know, like the beats they use as well. Like I'm really inspired by G Funk. So if something has like a G Funk type of vibe to it, I'm automatically a fan. No, I hear that. I hear that. No, that's real. That, I mean, ain't nothing, ain't nothing like a G Funk beat. Ain't nothing like a that West Coast just funk that bass. The way that it just sounds so clean and so full and so rich and so smooth. Um, it's so much texture to it. Um, to me, what I'm interested in is when did you start that kind of relationship transitioning from an observer to a participant, right? Like you yeah. talked about at four, you were, you know, observer, you're young. And now you, you know, you look to your peers who are making music as well, just as you are. You know, what was that process like? Like when was that first rap or that first beat that you was like, this is me. I'm doing this now. And what was that? What was that like? Yeah, so the first time I participated in a rap, I want to say it was back in 2014, a part of my media arts class. At the time, I didn't plan on becoming a rapper. My main focus was, you know, trying to play basketball, trying to go pro. And, you know, I, I was terrible at, at rapping. I didn't know that you had a right to the beat. I just thought that you had a right and, and rhyme, and then, you know, everything else would, would come together, which wasn't the case. And it wasn't until 2017 where I, I kind of lost motivation for my hoop dreams. So I said, like, I know there's something about me. You know what I'm saying? I don't want my, my potential to go to waste. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make music. So 2017 was when I noticed that the music scene was changing. We had, like, a lot of artists like Lil Pump, Lil Yachty coming up. And I didn't like what was on the radio, you know. So 2017, I told myself I'm going to start making music. But it wasn't until 2018 my senior year of high school where I actually began making music. I saved up for a Mac. I got me a microphone and started using GarageBand. And the first project I had dropped is called Back to the 90s, which was just on SoundCloud. And I went by the artist name 90s, just 90s. And so with that project, what well, like, I mean, where you de you definitely were just hitting it right on the head in terms of what you were trying to do with that project, right? Like saying 90s, having such a high appreciation for that you know you, you pretty much shouted some of the greatest artists of that era i'm i'm guessing this project is a representation of your perspective on 90s hip-hop especially with the west coast funk g-funk yeah, era definitely for sure uh well the project when, when i first you know when you first start making music everybody goes to like an identity crisis you know i went through multiple artist name changes and just trying to find my sound I didn't really know much about music, so I was rapping about, you know, just personas and, and you know, some things that weren't true, just trying to, you know, kind of get my feet wet, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. as I developed my sound, I kind of started, you know, people tell me, like, when are you going to start rapping about real stuff, you know, because I had this persona where I was trying to be like a player, because one of my favorite artists, that's what he was doing, so me trying to find my, my sound, I was like, let me do what he's doing, but then, like I said, just peers were like we want you to rap about real stuff so that's what i've been doing since and just the reception's been crazy ever since that's what's up that's what's up you following definitely in the footsteps of the greats i mean 2018 to get your mac and then be able to start your process right that's that's when the legend starts 2018 this is when you started to say i'm choosing myself and you know it goes to show, right? Like the Beatles are one of the biggest names in music. Rolling Stones, one of the biggest names in music. I mean, they come from, you know, the Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf. Like 
you know, the Rolling Stones is the name of a song, right? Like they were just redoing songs that they heard and doing it their own way until they found their voice, right? So you definitely are following in the footsteps of greatness by, you know, seeing what resonates with you and then owning that, finding who you are through it. Because it isn't it isn't so much an identity crisis as much as you saying, I'm going to make my identity what I want it to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, when you think about, when you really step back and you look at life and you look at kind of what was given to you, right? You didn't get to pick anything. It was just given to you. And now you realize, I want something for me, right? You even acknowledge you was like... I'm not going to let my potential go to waste. I'm going to do something. I'm going to find something. I'm going to find a way to be known because I have something to bring to the world, right? Maybe it's not through my my physical aspirations as a hooper. Maybe it's me figuring out my voice and knowing how to use it. And so, you know, you definitely are following in those foot, same footsteps of greatness, right? Like you hear the stories all the time and it's and, and I see it in the way that you carry yourself, right? Like we've had our interactions online. I've been able to, you know, connect with you at different points and you definitely carry yourself with a very clear sense of self, right? And so that translates like extremely, extremely well. And so to me, it's like, what is your goal, right? Overall, right? We, you can rap, but what are you, what do you want to do, right? What is, what is it that you're trying to leave behind when it comes to doing music? Yeah, uh, uh, one one of my biggest goals, you know, definitely get my parents a house for sure. But um, overall, man, I want to use this platform to just give back to the city of Frisco, you know, the people, to my people, the community, just the youth, you know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully if everything goes as planned, you know, I blow up, That you know, that's the goal, and just use that platform to start youth centers, build homes for people, and, you know, give jobs. Just in spite of you, I feel like a lot of um, negativity gets glorified out here, and I want to be—I want to be that artist that lets folks know like the consequences when you do these certain things. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's real. That's real. I appreciate that. Um, you know, that's a very big contrast from like people saying they want to run it up, and you know, they trying to get to the bag. You—you you said you know you're trying to take care of your family, and you also trying to spread opportunity to the community where does that come from like where does that sense of responsibility come from to say okay when i get to it i'm gonna share it uh yeah um i think just my upbringing to be honest is being raised in a household both me mexican parents you know them working just minimum wage jobs just seeing my mom work at a taqueria taqueria job for years you know working hours just to provide you know what i mean i feel like that's where the humbleness and just the work that they come from just seeing them struggle I don't want that for them. I don't want that for nobody. And if I could give back, then I'll do that. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not a selfish person. That's been me. I hear that. I hear that. I mean, talking about wanting to have your own impact on the community, like were there kind of community organizations that you were affiliated with or went to or like supported you on your journey or still support you on your journey? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, growing up, I used to go to, you know, local boys and girls club. But, Which one? Uh, uh, the one on 16th and Guerrero. Okay, okay. Columbia Park. I feel it. I feel it. San Francisco, you know, we yeah. out here. You know, I was a foosball champion, you know. but um, Okay, games room. We out here. Yeah, but yeah, so I used to go there when I was young. But, you know, as you get older, you start, you know, getting in interested into other things. You know, basketball. I just don't really have time to go to the Boys and Girls Club. And then 
there's this youth center in the Sunset called Sunset Youth Services, which I've really gotten involved with these past couple, two years, I want to say. And they they for surely helped me a lot. And I recommend anybody, any youth out there, you looking to make music, definitely hit up Sunset Youth Services once this pandemic is over with. No, definitely, definitely. They definitely have a, a you know, for those that want to support the community and support those that work within the community, um, Upstart Records is on social media. So, you know, you can find a way to connect and support if you're looking to support. And for those that are young that are trying to figure it out and understand, like, you don't have to be creative to be creative, right? You don't have, like, one of the biggest things I heard, I just heard it the other day. I don't have talent like you. And I'm like, I didn't have talent like me at some point. Right. It wasn't until I went to a program to teach me how to unlock and, and develop my talent that I had talent. Right. The, the real talent is taking a chance and taking a risk. The real talent is putting in that hard work. Like you said, you was like, man, when I started rapping, I didn't know I had to like rap to the V. I just thought I could just I'm going to write this down. I'm all good. And it's like, no, you learn through the process. Right. Like, Alphonse, what was that process like for you? Because we all know that you are a legendary, incredible lyricist as well. So what was, tie the strings together between your start and the process of you learning and discovering your ability with rap? Yeah, so with for me, like I grew up listening to everything. Right? So I grew up listening to like lyricists like Chuck D and Slick Rick and Big Daddy Kane. So like these, these this lineage of like, like storytellers and a lineage of like braggadocio rappers, right? It was like bigging themselves up, you know, like Jay-Z comes from the bigging yourself up, you know, lineage, right? Talking about how good you got it, where somebody like Nas comes from the storyteller lineage, right? Andre 3000 from storyteller lineage, right? They're big on starting you somewhere and, you know, putting you somewhere else. And then musically, I was listening to Cool in the Gang and Sly and the Family Stone, um, like R.I.P. Chick Corea, Earth, Wind and Fire, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, you know, Michael Jackson, LL Cool J, right? So I'm listening to all this stuff in the the music video era, um, but I actually didn't start writing um, like poetry. Um, until I went to school, until I went to LA. It's so, okay. I was in SoCal and I was kind of in that West Coast G Funk, you know, space. Um, and I would just go to different lounges and watch poetry. And I was just started writing um, as an outlet. And so I was writing spoken word um, and just taking in, you know, what was given to me from the community, but then also realizing that there were things within me that I needed to share. There's things that I've been through in my life, you know, coming from the city, um, coming from San Francisco that I needed to share. And so like, you know, losing a parent at a very young age and then living a life where you watch people then pass away, you know, in middle school and high school. And then you just be like happy to see somebody in traffic and see that they alive when you ain't seen them for a minute. Like it gives you a different appreciation for just knowing a familiar face just because like, oh man, I'm just glad you ain't, you know, under the ground somewhere. Um, 
like even if you can't hang out with them, it's you know you just want to like encourage them and let them know you know how valuable they are that you you know and see them. Um, sometimes you see folks that be strung out. Sometimes you see folks that be in a bad way, but at the same time you just like happy to see them. And so like for me, those are the type of subjects that I that was on my heart. Those are things that I would write about. And then uh, when I went up to Sacramento. I used to catch the bus out in sack after my car got um my car got put out of commission and my bike got stolen so i was on a bus and it was one of the best things that could happen for rapping because i would just listen to beats and write i would just take whatever i see and just start writing and i would just and i would you know i had already had this spoken word thing but i wasn't writing to beats then uh, and then i I started to like listen to um, T.I.'s King album, um, Nas's Godson album, um, and they had these uh, really like like these um, two different styles, right? They had the Southern rap, cause like we listen to Pastor Troy and like the Southern Atlanta rap, um, and and the Goody Mob and Organized Noise. Um, outcast and so like the 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 me- the melding of soul music um and mpc were like something that was like you know really important to me in that style so whether it was funk like parliament or um soul music like otis redding like whatever it was if you could you know mix that with a beat um those are like things like, and that's also jazz. Like I was just, it's a lot of different influences for me. But like when I would hear those things, when I could hear a beat start somewhere and then end up somewhere else, then I could then tell a story through that. It's like you start here with just, you know, a few horns, you know, a few, a few drums and, you know, end up with some woodwinds and end up with, you know, some symbols and a you know a lot more fuller sound at the end of this track like i always you know enjoyed music that way and so i tried to like formulate and tell stories in that same way where we start somewhere i would try to bring you into the neighborhood that i was talking about bring you into the life or into a day and kind of what what happens in that world what people feel in that world what uh, people see and like how they're trying to survive the neighborhood that I'm in or the the the, the plight or the, the situation that they in. Um, so like for me, it was just like taking what was what was real to me and making it real to somebody else. Um, that was that was like like the colors that I wanted to paint with, that I wanted to somebody to to be in, be in my neighborhood, to be walking down the street and like be able to see uh, a check cashing place become a phone place to become a fast food place to become a check cashing place again, um, you know, and see like that type of thing happen through history um, just from people staying on the same corner. Uh, and so like for me, it was just about like whatever's real to me, you know, I want it to be, you know, real to whoever's listening because I feel like that storytelling is like how we respect each other, how we learn from each other. Um, and I always feel like we could create community by telling stories to each other.
For sure, for sure. I mean, you bring up a good point. Um, just to take it back home, uh, the the griot, right? Like, yeah, the griot. We we come, we come, right? Us on the screen, we come from cultures that didn't rely heavily on the written narrative or the written account, right? We come from having to say it with our words, right? Storytelling, right? The ability to convey messages and capture our history and the ability to either create a song that the community could sing or to be able to tell a story to the next generation and have them carry it with them, right? And so now here we are as our generation's storytellers, right? Our, us uh, being able to hold those messages within ourselves to pass on to others. And it's a, it's a profound thing to think about because, you know, we all experience it in different ways. We all experience it, whether it's a comedian, a rapper, whether it's an athlete, right? Like, you know, they'd be like, oh, just shut up and play ball, but they got something to say. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, given whatever platform we have, we will find a way to get the message across. And so I, I you know, I just want to highlight that because it is something that I feel like is super important as to every person's origin story, especially when it comes to that ability to be a lyrical one. You see what I did there to bring it right back around. You feel me? But, um, you know, almost. So that's so, that's, so that's, that's interesting because like for me, that's what I that's what I admire about almost is that like his mindset is, you know, to pass on, right? It's to, it's to give, right? He's not like trying to get, you know, from people like he, like even in like his authenticity, he said, you know, when, when his peers tell him, you know, write about what's real, right? Then he sheds that, that facade of, you know, trying to get a bag. And, you know, his mindset is then, you know, how can I benefit the people that are given to me? And then how can I benefit the people who come after me? Uh, like that's his, that's his, like that's all his, his sincerity and his authenticity is that he wants to look out for those youth and, you know, and be a good word to them. And then also he wants to benefit his, his family and his parents who, right, set an example, you know, of ethic, of compassion, of generosity, of, you know, being able to give when you don't have as much as everybody else and you know you have to keep working every day you know it's hard to take days off when you need that whatever's whatever's coming to you that day your family needs that and so we like see that in his work ethics like you ask him what he's doing he says oh, i'm just <laughs> just making music and going to school <laughs> like that's on that's that's on his work playlist yeah, no, you know, it's no biggie. Just just going to work, going to school, just making music, you feel me? But like, but like we know the generation of folks that like grew up with us, like even still, probably some people are still in the city, still in the bay. You ask them, like, what are you doing? Uh they I'm just making music. That's right. Real. And they say, right, and they say, Well, you know, are you really making music? Like, or like they just writing or they just recording whatever, or like they trying to get into the studio. Sometimes they don't like really just like be making music. They're not doing things. They're not saving up for a computer to, that to get GarageBand, right? It's like they may be they may be saying they do a music. I don't know. He know folks who who say they they make music and you know they ain't, ain't making music. Ain't, ain't operating the same way, right? They say they they may be writing, 
maybe, but they ain't got no books on no books, right? They, uh, they, 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 they'll talk about it, right? They, they hang at the studio with somebody else who making music, and and say, well, you ask them where they stuff at, they say, oh, it's on the way. Well, my, it's six my months later, ain't right. it's it's six months later where your stuff at. Uh, you know, I just uh. You know, I had to run into some things with the producer. He wasn't trying to, you know, meet me in the studio. wasn't trying to have me in there. It's like the producer only let you in there. You know, the engineer only let you in there if you got money. Or you do it yourself. I mean, you see, what had happened was, (laughs) what had happened was, bruh, like, my dog literally stole my car, bruh, and he ran it into a tree trying to get a squirrel, bruh. Like, I'm telling you, it's just, it's so out of pocket, bruh. And I just, after that, I had to, like, put my dog in a hospital and I had to pay for his medical bills. So I couldn't get it. Like, I just couldn't but make I it happen. Walk, I, could, I could walk everywhere in the city. Like, nah, if you live bruh, here, you if see, you live here long you enough, what, you, could, you could walk. It ain't good, bro. You can walk. Bro, it ain't good, bro. Bro, I'm trying to tell you, bro. Bro, bro, listen to me, bro. Bro, come on, bro. You ain't hearing me, bro. Listen to what I'm saying, bro. Everybody know the safest place and the most dangerous place is your own neighborhood. And once you out your neighborhood, ain't nothing to worry about. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? And that's, man. Once you out your own neighborhood, you can walk anywhere carefree. Bruh. The only place, only thing you gotta worry about is not being uh, mistaken for somebody else in your own neighborhood. That's that's so true. Like it's so crazy that you bring that up because it's it it highlights the dichotomy of right of being from the city. Like when you live in areas known for adversity, right? Areas known for challenges and known for hurdles, right? When you within your own your own home, nine times out of ten, and I will say nine times out of ten. Usually it's a safe space. Once you step foot outside, that's when you may run into those other situations. Right. But once you make it past the boundary and you start venturing away. Now it's kind of like what you're going to make of it. Right. What are you going to do with the time? Right. You're going to cat it off and just kick it. Or are you going to try your best to be productive? And there's nothing wrong to like we ain't trying to shame nobody for any situation. Go through what you got to go through. But it can be hard for the people who have sacrificed and put so much in to keep hearing the same story, especially when we we as a community, we all got care for each other. Right. And it can be hard when you care about somebody and they keep selling you these wolf tickets. For those that don't know wolf tickets. Right. If you remember the story of the boy who cries wolf, we've converted that into selling tickets. So you can figure out the dichotomy of what that means on another subject at another time. But right. Getting back to the subject at hand. People will sell you these wolf tickets knowing that there's no merit, there's no value, and there's no truth to them. And that's really what it is, right? Is that, you know, I'm interested to hear, like, Alma, what is it like now for you to invest your time, right? Knowing that you're busy, knowing that it's hard, like, what is it like for you to manage and navigate all these different things, right? I'm pretty sure you got your relationships, whether it be family, friends, or et cetera. And then you're trying to, you're doing music on top of going to school. Like, what is it like for you to manage your time? And what is your time worth? Oh, uh, yeah. Y'all hear me? Uh, hello? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's honestly stressful sometimes, man, just having a lot going on. You know, you got family, you got school, you got work, you got music. 
it, it's stressful, man. So I try to be very wise and very smart with how I manage my time. You know, being an up and coming artist, you also got to dedicate a lot of time to social media, which can be very stressful. Um, but yeah, for, for me, I just make sure that I don't really try to overwhelm myself too much, which is something like people that go to college, that's a mistake that they do. They tend to have class every day. I make sure that I have like a gap. If I go to class Monday, let me take Tuesday, maybe Wednesday off, and then, you know, go to school Tuesday and Friday, and then dedicate like the weekends to homework. No, I hear that. How did I mean, you get, get into that practice? Uh, just it's, it's always been something about me, just moving smart. Like they say, don't don't work hard, just work smarter. So, you know, I got to work smart, man. Yeah. No, that's real. That's super real. Most people don't take that into account. I mean, you know, what does it mean for you to come from the city, like San Francisco, to come from here? Like, what does that mean to you? Uh, I'm honored, man, to be honest. I'm, we have a lot of history and culture out here. I'm very honored. But I feel like Frisco kind of gets downplayed, though, you know? Um, I feel like when, when people think of San Francisco, they, they don't think of, like, San Francisco how we know it. They think of, like, the the techie version, like the Golden Gate Bridge, Full House, the Castro, Lombard Street, you know what I mean? Like, that's not San Francisco, bro. Like, it gets cracking out here, you know what I mean? You know, you, you got cars on, like, Dolores getting broken into, you know what I'm saying? So it's, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. You know, don't don't try to downplay the second free city. We got folks out here talking about, you guys don't call it Frisco, it's called San Fran. Like, we've been calling it Frisco for the longest, you know what I mean? So... The city, Frisco, the Sco, right? Oh, like, what? The San Fran? Nobody calls this a Ram rap. What are you talking about? Like, people be tripping out here trying to put a name that don't exist. Okay, like disgusting. I can't believe these people. And I used to say, right? It suck. It was. Uh, we went from sucker free to sucker field, but it's starting to look like it's sucker free again. And that to me. You know, I've had conversations with people who actually have been impacted, right? Like, that's another thing people don't even want to trip about. Like, yeah, people kind of were impacted by this situation and be like, oh, I can't live out here no more, right? And it's like, why do you have such an attitude towards people who come out here? And I'm like, because they didn't take the time to understand what they were taken from. They didn't take the time to come and be a part of what already existed. They didn't take the time to understand what was already here. And that to me is hurtful. So when you got a boohoo and leave, I'm a he 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 ha he 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 ha every time, right? Because I had to go through those the trauma of that, right? I'm I'm not in an advantageous position. So have you seen like you know like that impact where you live, like the impact of gentrification, the impact of like you know your friends no longer live down the street, or you know what has that looked like for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually have witnessed it uh, growing up. I have had some friends have to, you know, they moved out to like the East Bay due to gentrification and just a lot of childhood memories are gone now, you know, due to like murals being erased and just a lot of history being erased. Man, they're trying to turn San Francisco into something that it's not. But then they get mad at like the OGs that been out here in Frisco, for, like trying to stand up, you know, and trying to speak up. So uh, like like I said earlier today, that's why I'm trying to use this this platform, you know, to you know use it for positivity. If I could speak up against gentrification, then that's something I'm I'm gonna do. I've witnessed it. I've had you know friends move out of this city, 
And it's it's not a good feeling, you know. Like I can't imagine. I, I've never been in a situation where I'd had to do that, but I can't imagine being in that situation. Like it's gonna be difficult, you know. Worst comes to worst, homeless, and that's not a good feeling, you know. We got a lot of people out here without homes. They've been homeless for for years, months, you know. And then when it rains too, it's like these people, their little tents are getting messed up, and it's not a good feeling. And I don't want anybody to ever have to experience that, you know. I'm thankful I haven't. And I hope that, you know, a solution could come from this. It's not cool, bro, to grow up. You know, a lot of these memories, bro, they're gone now. And something that I've noticed today, um, there's this video about this this situation that happened back in 2014 with, with the soccer field. Uh, I, I've been seeing a lot of people repost that, which, which is crazy because I used to go to that soccer field and, I don't know if I was there that day when that had occurred, but a lot of the people in that video I used to play soccer with. Those were my peers. And it's, it's just crazy how like a lot changes. And, and I wish that this was something that I would have been taught when I was young. Cause you know, growing up seeing these changes as a youth, like nine years old, you're like, oh, what is this? That's cool. But once you get into high school, that's when they start breaking down what's, what's actually going on. You know, this change isn't for the better. Yeah. No, I feel that. I appreciate that. It's a it's a clear situation of that disconnect between, you know, um the have and have not, right? Whether you have access to your history, whether you don't have access to history, right? Whether you have access to wealth or you don't have access to wealth. And I'm not just talking about wealth as in wealthy, I'm talking about multi-generational wealth. Um, you know, you brought up the situation that happened at the soccer field. And I recall that it was, it was literally, it was, if I remember correctly, it was, a, it was like the Dropbox bros or something. It was like the people that worked at Dropbox were trying to say that they, they laid claim to this for a certain period of time when it's an open park, right? Like this is a public space. People utilize it. There's already this community that's utilized this playground for years. Right. And now all of a sudden we got to sign up for like a you got to sign up for use like you got to what? what is it? There's a line now. Like I got to wait in line to be able to use something that's for everybody. Oh, I can't be here because you say this is yours. You're entitled to this for a certain amount of time since when. Right. There's this shift. There's this dynamic. There's this disconnect. And I feel you like it is a thing where it's like, yeah, people who are from here, oftentimes they try their best to represent things in a proper way. And I can speak from the perspective of somebody who's been impacted by gentrification. I was impacted from what I would, what I call the first round of gentrification when it was the late nineties, early two thousands, when the dot com first tech bubble was starting to build up before it popped. And it's crazy because you, you know, when you move forward, you don't go backward. Right. That's that's maybe not for everyone, but for a lot of people that I know, it's common where you once you start heading in one direction, you can't go backwards. That's just time. That's just what time does. Yet. And when it and especially when it comes to technology, right, like if, if you especially a, a fan of 90s hip hop, you familiar with a cassette, right? Like a cassette tape, right? So if we take it back, there's the A track, take it back, it's vinyl. You keep going back, there's different mediums for music. We go forward from the tape, we go to CDs, and then from CDs, we're in the digital files and now streaming, right? And they, you know, now you see how people consume music. 
they're not using a device to play the medium. It's on their phone. Everybody using their phone for everything. You probably watching this on your phone. You probably interacting through this through your phone, right? And so as things move forward, we don't go backward, right? The technology advances. We ain't looking to like, oh, let's go get some cassettes. Now it's a novelty. Don't get me wrong. People still buy them, but it ain't in mass like it used to be, right? And I think that's the thing is that we often forget how things can just all of a sudden finito la musica and it's a rap and i say that term in the sense of everything just stops right everything gets cut off and here we are right we're at this new age where our whole world has been disrupted and it wasn't a tech bubble right that kind of revealed this exodus of people because that's what that's what we was dealing with back in like the early 2000s there was a first exodus of people where like oh the the dot coms is over and it's like Ever since then, it was it was like it was never going to end. It was like it's never going to stop. They're just going to take over. It's just going to be it's a wrap. And then all of a sudden, now we're all dealing with this pandemic and, oh, people are leaving. Right. And it's like you don't realize how this is going to come around, but it comes around. Right. And so for me, I was always praying for the day. I was waiting. I was like, when y'all going to leave? When y'all going to be up out of here? It's going to happen. I don't know how, but clearly it happened i didn't know to what degree not now it wasn't me wishing on death or wishing or banking on people being in unhealthy or dire circumstances that's not what i wanted what i wanted was my piece of home back i wanted what i called home to be back in my possession because everybody had their turn to do what they wanted right and it's like once you don't have that place to call home or you have that place to call community you don't realize how things just feel unbalanced, how things just seem out of whack, how you feel like there's like the sense of despair because you don't have that anchor to, to, you know, center you, right. You don't have a place to lay roots. And I think, you know, what you're doing is giving people that ability to connect those dots and bring it back to the core of like, you know, where do you come from? Who are you? What matters to you? What has value, right? You're talking about family, you're talking about helping the community. You're talking about being, of support to others, right? The, one of the quickest ways to reach success is to help somebody else get there, right? People don't say that enough. They always be like, it's me, 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 I, I, I. And I think that you've definitely shown a display of like what it means to understand kind of your relation to the world, right? What is your responsibility to the world? Um, you know, in your family, like, what does it look like? Are you like, one of many siblings, one of a couple siblings, like where do you fall in the in the hierarchy of things? Yeah, so I got an older brother and I got an older sister, so I'm the youngest of the family. Yeah. Okay, so you feel like you gotta like you got something to prove. You like, oh yeah, I ain't just some young buck out here. I'm about to show y'all who I am. Yeah, yeah, man. I gotta, you know, I gotta represent man growing up. You know, I hated getting beat up by my siblings. You know, now I'm I'm the tallest. You know what I mean? Most talented from the family. So you know, I gotta represent. Let them know, like, hey man, you can't beat me up no more. For real, for real. I'll rap you and I'll crack you. What do you want to do? It's not in, and it's all love. Okay, we're saying with a with a, a level of restraint because you're doing it with love. Okay, we're not promoting violence, but we will say you have to defend yourself if it gets bad or ugly. So I feel you. I feel you. I like that you um, mentioned like the idea of having an having an anchor or something to come back to to like keep keep people grounded. 
Alma, what's the um what are the things that that ground you, keep you focused, to keep you um keep you from being overwhelmed? What what things do you kind of focus on? Um, what anchors and foundations do do you have? Where did that where does that sense of identity come from to where you say I know who I am? Um and how did how did you like come to learn who that person was? Uh, yeah, so uh, once again, man, just, just my upbringing, you know, just personal experiences and just situations I've been through and how I, I've maneuvered through situations. You know, I've been in bad situations that could have ended up worse. And, you know, just the way I maneuvered through them, I've been in good situations, you know what I mean? Good and bad. And just I, I think it's just how you maneuver in life. If you move a certain type of way, you know, thinking you're all bad, you know, nobody can touch you. You're untouchable. You know, I wouldn't recommend that because then that's going to catch up to you. And, you know, growing up young, I do want to say I, I was pretty ignorant. Like I didn't really care, you know. But at some point, you, you got to humble yourself, man. We're human at the end of the day. We're not bulletproof. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all in how you move, man. Move smart. Oh, that's real. That's real. You got to learn how to move smart you know not everybody got the game you know what i'm saying some people just don't understand take your time to learn the game because it is a it is a thing where i mean what is your what is your sense or awareness like what do you when i say ego what comes to mind right because you seem like a real humble dude and it seems like you might have a good insight or perspective on what the ego is and how the ego gets down uh yeah man and that's that's a tough question. My definite, you said my definition of ego. Yeah, or, how do you view it, man? I, I don't know. That's hard, man. I I feel like I've never had one. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a hard question. My definition of ego. What I mean, like, so if you if you know you never had one, what do you like equate that to then? Like when you see someone who's you know got ego, like what would you? Say it's you know the things that you steer clear steer clear of. Probably somebody who's damaged, probably insecure. That's that's what I think of when, when I think somebody has an ego, like they're afraid. You know yeah, what I mean, I feel like when somebody's egotistical, they they're putting up a front that they're, they're afraid that you're gonna overpower, over you know overdo them. I feel like that's what it is. Yeah, for sure. Sir. So you so you feel like. You don't. You're not. You're not operating out of a of a place of fear, but more like a a place of um, a work ethic, a place of you know trying to improve. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, man. Like I, I didn't see the ugly. You know, and I didn't. I didn't see the good. So uh, I know what life comes with. At the end of the day, we're all gonna die. What is there to be afraid of? You know, with people. At the end of the day, bro. If something happens, something happens. Like, you know. Yeah. So you feel like you learned a lot. From your from your missteps and being in you know situations that you know weren't the most ideal and you know being able to you know navigate out of those situations, you feel like you learned a lot on how to you know navigate away from those situations and not end up in those same situations. And you feel also, do you feel like um, the choices that you're making now um, are more goal oriented? Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, a big. Part of that too also had to do with like the people I was hanging around with. I wasn't really hanging around with people who had the same interests as me. You know, me being somebody who does music now, I should ideally be hanging out with people who also want to make music. You know, it makes no sense for me to hang out with people who 
just want to be kicking it, you know, at the house if I want to make music. Cause that, then that's going to lead to me getting distracted and not want to, you know, do my, my overall goal, which is music. I don't want that. I don't need that. You know, I don't want to get sidetracked. I want to kick it with people who are going to motivate me to reach my goal and just to become a better person. Yeah, that's good. I, I feel like a lot of us as humans become stagnant when we align ourselves with people who who don't have the same interests as us or don't have um, the same perspective of life as us. Um, when you got people who, you know, who think similarly or um, who, who are vibe with you, um, they won't they won't shame you for what you want to do and you won't feel resentful of them when they when their their goals don't align with yours. And I think when we as humans learn to communicate our needs and then listen to other people's needs, then one, we can be we can operate in a place where we're less judgmental and then also we can think we can waste less time you know, doing stuff that we don't necessarily want to do. No, that's real. That's super real. I do, I do. I agree. Like, it is a thing where, you know, when you get around certain people, it's almost like, like, are you another planet or are you just some space dust? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you on your own planetary tra- trajectory? Like, do you exist with me in this, this solar system? Or are you just my moon, right? You just following me. Like, you just... You just you kind of you you get my tide high and then you get my tide low, right? Or are you like a part of my bigger universal ploy of like how do we move as a as a solar system, right, in this universe? Or are you just some asteroids trying to make a false impact on me? You know what I'm saying? Like you got to think of yourself in that way, right? If you what's your power lying, right? Am I planetary or am I just a speck? Am I just a a fart in the universe, right? Am I just a piece of gas right it's like that's the the i would hope what people can take away from this is the sense of how to find and be true to yourself and how to grow and nurture that in a world that at times is hurting right because you 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 hit it on the head like straight up people with their ego and i'm not i'm not trying to denounce people being confident being confident is knowing what you're capable of doing or having a belief in yourself to do something more Having an ego is you trying to have a defense mechanism to try and say, I'm better than everybody, right? When, where's the contest, right? What's the point of the comparison, right? You're sitting here trying to one up and we all trying to get up, right? The crab in a bucket syndrome. I mean, what do you, what is your experience with crab in a bucket syndrome? Have you experienced that or have you been able to like, maneuver in a way where you haven't had to, to see that happen because we i like to say we come from crab in the bucket central and you know somebody see you going up they quick to be like uh-uh come back down so you know what has your experience been like with that um i've honestly been thankful enough not to have experience like one thing about me i tend to you know keep my circle small and just be smart you know who i keep around with stuff like that but i've definitely witnessed that you know a lot of you know shade gets thrown underneath the table people be hating on each other people that kick it with each other be hating on each other i just don't understand you know but yeah i've been thankful enough not to experience that and i hope i don't anytime soon Uh, that's real that's beautiful that's i i hope wish and pray the same because 
trust me in this world oh my goodness the things people do when they see you shining like again are you are you another sun in your own solar system or are you just a planet following my sun because i'm shining but you know again people want to try and eclipse you but it only lasts for a moment can't last forever um you know to me i'm interested in like what is music looking like for you right now like what are you working on what do you got what's what you cooking i see i see on the on the gram you you was looking like you was getting some some art art work going out there in the nature of the you know what was that was you on dolores was you over there in the mission like it looked like you was right outside the church what's going on what's happening yeah, yeah. so um I, I got a song dropping tomorrow called rolling in the west and you know shout out to figo man figo navarro he took time out of his day to Shoot the cover art, man. We were right there on 16th and Dolores, right in front of Mission Dolores Church. And yeah, man, I'm excited to drop this. It's something for the players, you know, the the ladies, the gents, you know. I'm I'm thankful to, you know, drop this right before the the month of love is over with. You know what I'm saying? I hear that. Sure. The month of love. I appreciate that. The, the month of love. I thought you was about outflowing. I thought that was you. You yeah, I thought you got the <laughs> Hello? Man, um, man, I just I just want to know, like, um, tell us tell us a little bit about about the song. Where's your motivation for the uh, for the song? Uh, yeah, um, just you know, the month of love. I wanted to do something different. I want to show people that I'm versatile. You know, nice. people know me as making you know deep music, so I want to let people know that I, I could also make something for the ladies. So, nice. yeah, man. So to the to the fellas out there, if you want to dedicate a song to your lady. Rolling in the West, that's the one. So, okay, I hear that. Rolling in the West. That's that that's that date night riding in the whip music, huh? Yes, sir, man. You know, knock some boots to that too. Set, set, hey, set do the what mood, you huh? do. Uh-huh. Get the move going. You hear me? I feel it. I mean, when does what day does it release on? Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, so February twenty-fifth. Is that a midnight Thursday. release? Is that like Four hours from uh, now, if you're on the West Coast time, or is it gonna be like you got 10 a.m. or something popping? I think like afternoon, probably like three, three, okay. five o'clock. For sure, for sure. Gotta make sure, you know what I'm saying? People hurry up and go get your pre-save. Is there a pre-save link for that? Can people yeah. pre-save it on Spotify? But I don't like the pre-save, you know what I'm saying? I just want people to tune in. Oh, okay. I feel you. You ain't you ain't messing around, you're just trying to get people out there to listen. I feel that. I understand, man. Um is there gonna be a video to this by any chance? Are we gonna to get to see, you know, Almo get his uh his acting chops on? I mean, if you got Figo behind like any camera, you know, he gonna get you acting. So what, what's going on? We're gonna see, man. Uh we're gonna see. Most likely, most likely, but don't hold me on that. Most All right, I feel you. I feel you. The struggle's real, okay? I'm I'm going through the same trauma and drama right now. I'm doing YouTube videos, trying to do music videos. I'm supposed to be releasing music every week, and psh, man. But it's life is real, so I feel you. I feel you. Um, so you going to school too, right? What are you going to school for? So right now, I'm currently uh majoring in communications, and my goal is to get a BA in communications and eventually work at a youth center. Nice. Okay. Okay. What, what, what you want to do with you want to do with the youth? What you want to do in the youth center? Almo Thug. You want you want to call you Mister Almo Thug? You at the youth center? It don't matter, man. Just, you know, treat me with respect. And, you know, I treat them with respect. But, um, you know, I just want to let them know that they, they could accomplish, you know, more than just being stuck at the house, kicking it with the homies, doing things they shouldn't be doing. 
you know, and I want to be that that example. Me coming from the projects and you know being with, with parents low income. I'm not. I'm supposed to be statistic, you know, looking how I look. I'm not supposed to be in college, so I want to be that ins- inspiration and just motivate them. Thanks. Love it. Love to see that. No, definitely. I hear that, man. That is super. That's super dope. Um, what made you want to do communications? Was it literally trying to be like the best MC you could possibly be, like masters of communications? Can we do we see that in the future? Are you just like I'm. I'm one and done. I'm trying to get this bastard. So I'm on my way. Yeah, man, I'm being honest, man. Uh, I think I'm one and done. Yeah, college, man. It's it's stressful to be honest. But honestly, one thing I've noticed about me, like I, I don't like school. You know what I'm saying? But once I graduate. I tend to reminisce. So, like when I graduated high school, I reminisced and wanted to go back to high school. So, there might be a possibility that I end up getting a master's, but only time will tell, you know? The ultimate MC, I'm just saying. Almost Thug, the ultimate MC. Master I mean, communications. I'm just saying. That'd be nice. But, you know, it's up to you. No pressure. All right. You out here doing it enough, doing the most. And I think that's amazing. And uh, and it is a benefit and gift to the community because, you know, it's not enough black and brown folk out here who are changing the statistics. Right. Changing the odds, changing the narrative. Right. People don't realize people always romanticize oh the mission, Latin culture. But there's another side to the mission. Right. There's another side where it gets dangerous. It gets it can get real crazy and people don't always make it out. Right. People end up locked up or end up somewhere very deep. And it wasn't it, it's not it's not that they had a choice. Right. Sometimes they born into situations or born into circumstances where there's pre-existing events going on, pre-existing challenges that are pulling at their ability to live. And, you know, it's great to romanticize and create a picture of what the mission is. But I think a lot of times people don't realize all the variety and elements that come with the mission. Right. Like we've talked about redlining before and we talked about how, you know, gentrification has impacted things. And those things are years old right we're talking decades upon decades we're talking more than people had the ability to even live in some of these neighborhoods or their families existed in these neighborhoods they already decided where people were going to live before they got there and when you know you yourself are defying the odds right and then you're redefining what does it mean to, to come from these areas you know it's profoundly incredible it's amazing it's it's necessary and i'm i'm glad and honored to be able to share this space with you to see you take on these new challenges take on these hurdles because i tell you they try right and it's it's a thing where you know adversity shows up in different ways but i'm glad that you said like you know you've been able to see what work ethic looks like that you've been able to have these core foundational things that most people never get a chance to understand like People be looking to get a, a check from their parents. People don't be don't even see the, the merit or the the what does it mean to have grit? What does it have to be self-determined? Right. What does it mean to have discipline? Not get your butt whooped, but to wake up early in the morning when you don't feel like it. Right. We done we done had a long night the night before. And uh, I'm gonna watch my parents get up and go to work early. Right. On time. No excuse. No, no issue. Right. I mean, what is that like to you? What is it like? What does it mean to be a young Latin man, right? Young Mexican American at that, and to be from the mission? Yeah, uh, 
you know, it's good and it's bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mission, one of the historical neighborhoods out here in San Francisco, man. And, you know, just being Latin, you, you get stereotyped, man. You, you get stereotyped by your own people, by outsiders, easily get mistaken for a rival gang member, you know. But then you got the good. People like you. People like how you look. You stand out, you know what I'm saying? The women love you. And, <laughs> yeah, man, it's just it, – it's good and bad, and I'm honestly thankful that I got to see 21. When I first turned 18, I, I didn't think I was going to make 18, to be honest. Just based on how I look, just my overall demeanor, how I dress, and just being able to make it past 18 and 21, man. Like like I said, I don't want to be statistic, and I want to beat the statistics, so hopefully I can make it to 25, 30, you know, 35, 40, and just get to see 80, 100, you know what I mean? There it is. For sure, I'll be right there with you. Talking about a hundred, that's my that's that's them, them my numbers. That's what I'm talking about. Hundreds, I'm like everybody be like, oh, you know, when I'm seventy, it's all down here. Psh, y'all tripping? What self limiting beliefs ain't happening over here? We going to take it to the max, tripping? Um, now I feel that though, because it is a thing where it's like, uh, you know, I remember there was a time when you couldn't wear certain Jordans on the fourteen because there's a number associated with them Jordans. And if you had them on and they was the wrong colors, you better learn how to use that emergency hatch and run it. Run to your everlasting gobstopper. It don't exist. Like straight up. People people take that for granted. Like people don't even realize like when you see the mission, you see like this colorful, vibrant area. But when you a certain age and you on certain buses, it's like you your head on swivel like you like people be like oh you don't have to sit in the back of the bus no more no you sit in the back of the bus because you see the whole bus right if you sit in the back of the bus you have the king seat of observation that's the observation point because you can see all exits you can see everything before it's coming right you got emergency hatch above you you got emergency to the left and to the right and if you really lucky you got emergency right behind you you're not always lucky but at least you got like three out of four so yeah. you know just wanted to paint that picture for those that didn't know coming from the city to go frisco san francisco at that it's real out here. And I think people, you know, you want to romanticize things. Yeah. People do think of the the landmarks. Those are landmarks. Those ain't neighborhoods. That ain't community, right? Golden Gate Park. That is not a, like it's maybe a coyote or something if you're lucky, but it ain't no real community over there. Right. It's just a park. Right. When you talk about the Golden Gate Bridge, that's no one lives on the Golden Gate Bridge. Like we talking about where people live at and where people have been impacted generations uh well we talking about a different part of the city altogether and i think that's that's one of the things that uh you know just gets lost in the sauce when people want to talk about the story of san francisco it's all you know everything matters but when it comes to the the reality of what people live through and what people have seen oh the details is much different so i just wanted to highlight that i mean almost do you have anything that you want people to know about you that they don't know or means or ways for them to get connected and access to you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all my music can be found on all streaming platforms. I go by the artist's name, All Mo Thug. That's A-2-L-S-M-O-T-H-U-G. And to the OGs out there, I got CD copies of my debut project, Still Coasting, which, you know, I've sold uh, physical copies out here locally, 
uh, France mm-hmm. and Japan. And shout out to the folks out in Japan. But I got a question for you, Senio. I got a question for you, man. For sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I need me an autograph mask, but I did want to ask you, what's the backstory behind behind the mask and like the design? For sure. So, you know, um, when it comes to the mask, there's multiple reasons why I got the mask, right? Um, but one of them is because I just appreciate confidentiality. I appreciate privacy. I appreciate anonymity. Um, I think that, you know, we live at a time period where people are just so available. You just like as soon as people see your face, they know your face and they feel like they know you. And I also see that when it comes to being an artist. I believe that artistry is a role, right? It's something that you do, but it doesn't make up everything as to who you are. Right. Because you can be multiple things. Right. Just as you said and you've shown you're an artist, but you're also a student. You're a scholar. Right. You're you're an activist. You're right. You're a family member. You're a part of the community, your community member. So there's all these different elements that make up who you are. And I feel like we live at a time where people believe they're entitled to you once they see oh you're artists right you think it's nothing for me to run up on you and be like hey oh my god right and it's like when the mask on you know what it is when the mask off you ain't gonna know who this person is and that's the point you're not supposed to know right it's not about me being iconic right it's about me being symbolic i'm some i'm symbolic of something else right if somebody wants to come 20 years from now pick up the mask and continue the legacy in their own way they have the means to do so right because it ain't about me it's about you right when i make the music it, it's me but it's me just communicating my basic human emotions and feelings that we all go through right may not share every specific element but i mean we breathe the same air right we share the same planet i don't know nobody coming from mars or let alone Andromeda or any other galaxy. So we got some commonalities that we share, right? Bodies made up of water. That's what you need. You don't need to know if I'm cute or if I'm ugly. You don't need to know what, what's going on. You can see the skin color. You know what day it is. When I start to, you know, get into the nitty gritty of my identity and then you start to see, oh, okay, giving bits and pieces of myself, that's one thing. But the, the face ain't for sale, right? The mask is. And that's kind of how I see it is that, I got to represent for those who ain't thinking about it because at some point it's going to become real, right? Your face is, your face is currency. Now that's, that's your, that's your money, right? That's your brand. And to me, this is trademarked. Can't nobody own this, but me, if I want to sell it, I could sell it. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing that I, I really appreciate and like is that the mass gives me the ability to separate my, myself right to maintain my privacy my anonymity and my sense of identity away from music i get to preserve that right now let's go even deeper daft punk one of the most important to me artists in the past like man i would say like the past 50 years right like we're really looking at music as for what it's worth today and we look at like electronic music electronic dance music like even when you take into account that hip-hop and trap the trap beat trap sound right like people went from making their beats at 70 bpms for those that don't know what bpm is that's beats per minute right so 70 bpms is usually like a really good groove you can get with a beat now people double it to 140 but what also comes with that, right, is the ability to incorporate like elements of dance music, electronic dance music, which started, in, well, a lot of it started in Detroit, 
you know, people don't really yeah. realize or know that, right? We had uh, these incredible producers, these black producers in Detroit creating this electronic sound, right? That they were inspired by all these other artists. And, right, these two French guys put on masks because they wanted to be able to keep that separation, right? To keep that identity of who they are versus which you are to the people, right? And right. I think that there's something to be said about that that resonated with me because I'm like, I always was mesmerized by like, yo, they they could really walk the streets and no one would know who they are. And I always liked that. I always like I never liked the idea of being praised or people trying to put me in a in a, a like a on a pedestal. Right. Like I'm not here to be worshipped. I'm not here to be praised. Right. If you like my music, then appreciate the work. Right. Appreciate the art. But don't come and be like, oh, my God, he's he's so amazing. Like you you don't know me right and that's the thing like oftentimes you put so much stake you know aka kanye and you'd be like he's my everything and then when he shows that he's learning right because that's what he's doing he's growing he's learning or he's hurt and he's struggling then it's oh i can't believe him i don't oh, cancel him and it's like well understand that you know you decided to associate him for everything that he is with his music not for who he is behind closed doors right you don't know what he's up to right you could look you could look at so many artists where you have to call in a question who who are they right and it's like they're human and i think that's the thing we want to put them in this iconic category where they're untouchable or they're there's nothing no harm they could do and to me it's like my life is for me what i put out with the mask on is for you and that's how you maintain the boundary. And I think Daft Punk did a really great job of doing that, right? And that, and it carried over. Now, when it comes to the design of the mask, I'm black and Latin, right? So for me, I wanted something that was easily recognizable, right? And I couldn't think of anything that represented my culture more than a luchador mask, right? I'm a, I'm a child of wrestling. I loved wrestling growing up. And luchador masks and masks in general in wrestling were some of the most dopest things because you never knew who was underneath the mask right and sometimes it would be your favorite your favorite wrestler that usually wouldn't have a mask on sometimes would put the mask on to be a whole nother character or a whole nother identity right and so for me it was a way to capture my culture my upbringing and you know be able to to maintain my identity while also keeping that separation right so i appreciate you asking me and giving me space to share but you know i just i represent for those that don't always have the face right i represent for those that that need to be able to step away from the screen right and so yeah the mask is a way to keep keep that boundary and to maintain that space and distance between who i am and who i need to be for the people that love me and are, are close to me and then for me to be the person I need to be for those in the public, right? Because yeah. again, the mask is for sale, the face is not. So, yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, I got your physical CDs coming. I mean, you know, what I'm saying the struggle's real out here. I'm just, I'm working, I'm working. Let's get the gospel. Let's get the gospel. Getting it every day. But yeah, I mean, you turned it, you turned the tables on me with that one. Yeah. yeah, man. I need me a copy, man. Autograph mask. I got, I got you. I got you. These was this this mask was made in El Salvador, so I gotta like figure out how I'm gonna get these masks produced. Because originally I was trying to get them done in La Mission, but the world changed. So you know, we gonna figure it out. We gonna see how we are gonna do this. But I got you. You 
first person up. I got you for sure, for sure. Right on, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, it's all good. I appreciate you as well. Um, you know, any other questions? Anything else? Nah, we just happy that he made it through. Came through at the last minute to clutch with us. Yeah, oh, man. definitely. Game you know, winning shot right here. Yes, sir. Answer that call. For real, yes, for real. Came through yeah, and shut the game. I was going to ask you something else. Uh, so you had mentioned wrestling. I just wanted to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts on Razor Ramon? Ooh. It's funny. I seen you. I seen you put Razor Ramon up. Razor Ramon, like the bad guy, right? Like for those that don't know about '90s wrestling, Razor Ramon was like this just iconic kind of greaser wrestler who was just super slick, super ill, and just just he was he was the bad guy, right? He had an iconic ladder match with Shawn Michaels that was like one of the best displays of just showmanship within sports entertainment. And so, you know, Razor Ramon to me always holds a special place, just given not only the space he occupied when he was with, you know, what we know now is WWE, but back then WWF, and then went on to WCW. I mean, man, the way he would talk, like when you hear him in an interview versus when you hear him, like him as the character Razor Ramon versus who he is as, as a person. As Scott, as Scott Hall. Scott Hall and Razor Ramon, night and day. And I don't mean Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. I mean Scott Hall when he's not in character, right? Like when he's away from the industry and he's retired. Like I heard an interview. I was watching an interview and I was like, who is this man? Because who? how he told he's like, yeah, you know, I'm the bad guy. And it's like super drawn out and super slow. And then when you're, yeah, no, we were out there in the ring. And then, you know, yeah, I just, I couldn't help myself. And I'm like, who in the heck? So, you know, Razor Ramon, incredible wrestler, incredible character. Um, yeah, just so much history that, you know, pre-attitude era, you know, kind of like the, like the, I want to say. Set the stage. For, He's the, he set the stage for the attitude era. Definitely said one of the founding fathers of setting the stage for the attitude era. Like right before they decided to turn it up, he was definitely igniting the flames to start it. So yeah, Scott uh Scott Hall, aka Rez Ramon, love him. Alice Wonders yeah. came through from Twitch saying for the youth, hey, that's what we gotta do is the future, right? The youth are the future, the youth are gonna, gonna be the ones to take over. So if we ain't setting them up for success, then we only creating our own failure. Cause you're gonna be old one day. Who gonna wipe your butt? Exactly. Think about it. My robot. Hey, yo. Look here, man. Heavy. Man, classic, man. I was actually um <laughs> watching interviews and he was saying how he got the, the character got inspired from Scarface. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy, man. Like he played it so well that I thought he was Cuban. You know, he, he had the accent. Everything was well. The way he dressed the toothpick, you know, it's just one of my favorite wrestlers, along with Jeff Hardy and Eddie Guerrero. You know, I just, I just wish that I grew up in the early '90s to be able to watch him. Hardy Boys, Frog hey. Splash, La Raza, La Raza. Hey, oh my God! Don't make me cry. Why y'all gonna do R this? R.I.P. 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 Hey man, like, live cheat we still man. That's my morals of life. <laughs> Man, it's it's crazy that you say that because it's one of those things that uh, when it comes to like being like having that identity, 
you know, bring like growing up in that time period, right? We're talking about 90s, early 2000s. Wrestling was such a centerpiece for community. And I mean that because we would wrestle at home. We would wrestle at the park. We would wrestle at the gym. We would wrestle in the playground. We would wrestle anywhere that there was people. You wouldn't, anywhere you wouldn't get in trouble to do it. I mean, you do it where you would get in trouble to do it. I remember so many times getting getting in trouble and we would act like they were the referees and we would like include them in on our narrative where it's like, oh, you're lucky they holding me back. I'll see you next week. You're going to see it's going to go down, brother. Oh, yeah. and it's like, you got to run a like, promo. Look. Yeah, you got to run the promo because, you know, we throwing trash cans. We doing the most, right? Like we, we really was going ham. And to then like now, right, like, wrestling is still going it's 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 multi-generational the rock is one of the biggest entertainers in the world being a black and samoan man at that it's like just got his own tv show shout out to the young rock tv show that's big dwayne johnson got a, just got a, a sitcom about yeah, his, so. his life growing up as a son of a wrestler and the grand the the nephew of a wrestler the grandson mm -hmm. of a wrestler you know. I mean, you could even look to like speaking of Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, um, Westside Gun and Machine, uh, Conway the Machine, like they used to go by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They're rappers from Griselda, right? They're from the East Coast, and they they have so many ties and roots in the wrestling that yeah, they had their like the when I was introduced to them, they were Scott Hall and Kevin they're, Nash to me. They're, yeah, they say Hall and Nash, Hall and Nash. And I was like, what? And then they would have the promos of like Ric Flair and all that going on the intros of the songs. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. You wouldn't. I was like, where are we at in the world? You know what I'm saying? So it's like wrestling culture, right? Being able to go to the Cow Palace, like, man, you missed out. Almost you missed out. We would go to the Cow Palace and it'd be like them True. either non-televised events or sometimes televised events. But usually it was a non-televised event. The road shows is legit. Oh, the road shows was legit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I was thankful. I don't mean to cut you off. I was thankful to uh, go to one show in the Cal Palace back in like 2004, 2005. I think yeah. it was like a SmackDown televised show. If not, it was a yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that was one of the big ones. I know what you're talking about. That was a big event for a lot of people. I ain't even go, but I remember that. Just, just the memories. Just, it's crazy how like San Francisco works. You got, you got Sunnydale, the projects, and then you walk a couple, you know, blocks up. You got iconic, you know, Cow Palace, which is crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you got Cow Palace right there, right next to the projects, you know? Yeah. I mean, people don't even realize, like, that area exists. Like, Sunnydale is one of the largest housing projects in San Francisco, if not the largest. And when we say the housing projects, again, it's, it's the concrete, almost military-style barracks that they built back in the day. And, you know, right now they're going through gentrification of a whole nother level because, yeah, again... We don't really have public housing within San Francisco like we used to. A lot of the low income housing units you see nowadays are actually privately owned buildings that they sold the property away to a private company in another state. Right. They don't have any stake within, you know, they don't have no real investment other than making money. It's not about the community. It's about how can we get on? And what they do is now they're destroying all of those barrack style homes to then develop these these kind of buildings for apartments so you're right like people wouldn't even trip like it's, it was the same thing with 3com right 3com aka candlestick for those that know those that don't know candlestick park 
was right across the street from another housing project, right? So San Francisco was notorious for their civic display of like, we're gonna put the projects right here and across the street is gonna be this gigantic coliseum or stadium for sports events or for whatever, you know, display of whatever we wanna put on. So, you know, San Francisco is a trip when you when you think about it like that. I mean, now it's changed drastically because I don't even know anybody like I mean, granted this year. Yeah, it's been what it's been. But Cal Palace in general for the past 15 years, I don't even know. I know the gun show, the weed show, the tattoo show, the knife show. But other than that, you might catch the Adidas sale in the parking lot. But other than that, I don't know. You'd be lucky for the rodeo. And then the Renaissance Fair. Oh yeah! Don't forget the Dickens. The Dickens still go down. It was yeah. going down two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, before before the pandemic, it was still cracking. Oh, the pandemic. The, the, yeah, the Dickens. Shout out to the Dickens Fair. During the, the, during the holiday, during the holidays, the Dickens Fair. Folks oh, get yeah. dressed, get dressed up for that. Oh yeah, dressed up as in what is that? The the early eighteen hundreds, the late seventeen hundreds. What time period is that? I don't even know no more. It wasn't my life. Look like Uncle Scrooge out there. Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge gonna be running through the streets. Uh, Cal Palace, Ebenezer, Ebenezer, yeah, Ebenezer, get his get his money on. But yeah, I mean, so many things to reminisce on San Francisco. Uh, that pocket of time and wrestling in general. I mean, there's no end to uh, the time periods and what's going on through the city and how it's impacted us. So, you know, thank you for bringing that up, Reg Ramon. Like, brought it back. Yeah, I mean, you got any other little gems you trying to trying to throw out there? You you killing it right now. You on fire? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see, man. What's uh? Let me see. What's one? I guess location out here in Frisco that you remember that is like no longer out here. Man, okay. So, um, man, now that you say it, I was getting ready to say when gentrification happened, bring it right back. Um, my way of coming back to the city was I actually found a way to move into cell space, right? So for those that don't know about cell space, cell space was actually a two-part situation. So we had, I say we like it was mine, but cell space was this this kind of warehouse, right? Where they would have events that take place. So you might have like, um, man, like they, I remember they used to sage out till midnight, till the next day, it'd be a 24-hour session where they'd be, it'd be, just a whole Latin community, just family upon families cooking food and literally burning sage all night. And I just be chilling with my back to the wall, just in the moment. People be handing the place of food, and I just be like, I was living there, like in a studio. They had a, a recording studio over there, and I used to live there for half the week. So that was my way of coming back to the city. And then there was another facility. That was like a uh, like a vacant lot with a warehouse, a smaller warehouse where uh, if anybody knows the pack got my vans on, but they look like sneakers. That's where they filmed the music video. that was in the back. I was so, just playing the pack this week. I mean, it's classics, very classics. People mm-hmm. Shout out the 2007 album based boys by the pack produced my by little Uno. For real, for real. little B, the best guy. little B, little, produced by little B and young L. For real, like <laughs> we talking about classics. Man, I was like, what? When that came out, I was like five years old. I think that's around the time. Like, tell me when the go ahead came out. Uh, yeah. I just remember at the time, I was going to Harvey Milk and just 
I remember going on a school with everybody slapping, telling me when to go and just coming home, uh, turn on the TV. We didn't have cable at the time. So me and my older siblings, we watched that uh, Chewy and Gomez show. DMC music. Yeah, we watched that and just, I remember uh, watching the, the got my Vans on with that look like sneakers music video on there. Yeah, it back 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 yeah, so that cell space is gone now. The lot behind cell space is now a gigantic apartment building. Um, cell space, like, yeah, there's no remnants of it. It's it's an another, it's like apartment building, apartment building, like straight up. Like whatever memory I had there, that thing is gone for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, the Goodman's har- hardware store. Oh. Um that used to be on industrial and uh Bayshore right there. And then um TikToks was on uh third third street. Um was a it's a fast food restaurant that was local. It, was a, it wasn't um it's kinda like beeps, but on the another other side of this uh the southeast part of the city. So where beeps is over by city. Um this uh and then Whizburgers and Mission, you had TikToks that was in Hunters Point. So yeah. you used to have all three of those. And TikTok used to have this uh fish burger. And it wasn't it wasn't like it was like actual fish, like fresh fish. It wasn't like the filet fish at McDonald's. The what what kind of fish is that? It's a filet fish. I don't know what kind <laughs> that's of fish. The, an, that's the that's the animal, the filet fish. The, it's the filet fish. You gotta go down deep into the Pacific Ocean to find that one. The filet fish, they be coming in patties. It's straight it's all right. It's all right. They come that way. They just they be swim swimming. They catch it. And they put it in the burger. Filet. I mean, you brought up Goodman Lumber. Ain't hey, no lie. I used to cry going to Goodman Lumber. The reason why I hated Chucky the movie and Goodman Lumber's used to have a doll when you come in oh, yeah, that would talk that face. and it would look and I'd be like screaming at the top of my lungs as like a five year old like ah and my parents would be like what is wrong with you and I'd be like I'm 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 gonna die if you bring me in this store Goodman Lumber now, right it was cool though store. cause it was cause it was like a little rainforest type thing going on bruh I was gonna die in a rainforest is what you was telling me that's what you really saying what you really saying is as a five year old I was gonna get murdered in the lumber supply aisle or the rainfo- rainforest like out stuff they had designed, you know, for <laughs> the aesthetic. Yeah, the, the aesthetic. Rainfor- right? The rainforest indoor. The indoor. The indoor rainforest aesthetic that was scary in my life. Okay, Goodman Lumber, scary. What's something I that mean, you remember, Almo? Yeah, what's something that you remember ain't here no more? Man, a lot of things, man. Um... I guess you know you brought up McDonald's. I, I recall the, the McDonald's on 16th and Mission. I remember going mm-hmm. there after school. I think it was like around 2014 where they like got rid of it or remodeled it. And then you got the Foot Locker on 17th and Mission. That yeah, used that to was be there. And then um, me, me being a, a student at Mission High School, they had uh, the football field. It used to be like all grass. Well, not grass, but mainly dirt and just like, you know, patches of grass. And then they, they turned that into a turf field. It, it was hideous. That was a long time coming. Yeah, man. <laughs> and just like the old Dolores Park, you know, the park on 19th and Valencia. Just the soccer field used to be concrete and the, the goals had no nets. You know, it used to be filled with a lot of homeless people just sleeping on the benches. And, you know, it was just memories, man. 
For real, for real. People be like, where all these homeless people come from? They got displaced when y'all started showing up to the park yet, gentrifiers. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you're right. Like, that was like, that's crazy. Like, when you bring it up, like, that was not that, like, Foot Locker on 17th. I mean, we all knew it wasn't going to last, but, you know, it was there. It did exist. And what's even worse about McDonald's on 16th, Burger King was around the corner, and that's gone too. Like, that was my, like, let me get my quick little fix before I hop this bar train real quick. But, now those those little moments and memories is gone, right? Just chilling outside McDonald's, talking forever. Like, bro, how long can you eat one McChicken? About three hours. Just watch me, bro. Batman and and Mission Pie. Oh man, so Mission, Mission Pie going now. Yeah, all of them, everything, everything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just be surprised. You turn around, you was like looking at a store, and all of a sudden it disappeared. It was crazy, man. Same with the uh, back when they used to have fast pass and the transfers, and I don't have that no more. Yeah, the transfers holding on to your birthday, holding on to the fast pass for your birthday month, like collecting them. Like, I got it through the years. I made sure to get on the uni. I think I still got my fast passes somewhere. Like, can I get that midnight all nighter long strip? Can I get that one time for the weekend? One time, just man, there's an all day one. Like yeah. shout out to the bus drivers who wasn't even paying attention to the time. It was like, here, just take this. I'd be like, I got an all day one. What? Yeah. We got on shout the bus all day. Shout out to the shout out to the youth that used it, use the transfer all day though. Hey, you remember trying to pull the fast one and be like, just show the date and don't show the time. <laughs> sometimes be like, you be like, some, it's the day, right? That's all that matters. We're gonna need you to pay for another another. No, I ain't, I ain't paying nothing. I'm good. The date I, is all that matters. Yeah, if I, if I was, if they wouldn't let me ride, I was walking. For real, I was, doing, I was, I was doing a lot of walking. You gonna I, get the sad walk going? Nah. How many was, times it, you ask? How many times you ask? Hey, can I get a ride? Can I? May I please get a ride? You know, if you just, just ask. Just a few, just a few times. Most of the time, I was okay with walking. And I get that. I inherited that from my grandfather. So I, I walk. Around the city, I used to walk from from Market Street all the way to Hunters Point back home. You going um, up Third Street? Yeah, Fourth and down, so that's a, that's then a nice over the five mile walk. A nice five mile walk straight through. Six, yeah, that was yeah about yeah five and a half six mile walk. And you yeah, going up my, the hill my, too? You going up the hill? That was like my tenth grade life. Oh yeah, you had strong tenth. calves. You was meant for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because you, you go, first you walk, first you walk down, then you gotta walk, walk from, from downtown. First you walk from Market, all the way southeast down, down, down third. Then from there, from third, then you gotta walk up the hill to live. When I lived on the hill, so it's a good time. I, you know, I feel you only for the simple fact that I was a walker too, and I, I would walk like, man, I would walk from so Burton Manzel, right. Gottingen, Manziel, that that mm-hmm. corner. I will walk from there all the way to like Thurgood, down Bayshore, even cut through the underpass to go to Potrero Avenue, right? Uh, depending on what I needed to do, go over the hill through John McLaren Park, right? To get to the Excelsior, to the other side of Mission, to get to the Balboa Bar Station. Like, walking around the city like was an all-time thing. Like, it, wherever you was at, you knew you if you was willing to do the work, you could get there, right? It's just you got to be willing to do the work. So, 
You know, I will yeah. say that's one of the best things about it. But it's only clean when you're walking by yourself. If you use with homies, you might as well just get on the bus. <laughs> for real, for real, bro. I had people. You know how Nobody many people used to just put their weight on me like they was dying in a in a battle. Like they was like, bro, I'm gonna just rest on you one time, and like, no, get off me. And they'd be like, nah, bro, I'm holding on. And it's like I'm walking up a hill with a whole body on me. Like what? I feel you. Training training me they i ain't never utilized them you know what i'm saying try riding a bike with no gears up a hill you know what i'm saying what's that life look like yeah, it's all right you know better hit you them know. zigzags plus ultra you you know you do what you gotta do you gotta oh yeah i was definitely your... in the plus ultra for myself yeah beyond beyond limits with a smile ain't that man talking about bringing it back Shout yeah. out to the the Baydestrians. It's a different lifestyle when you're walking out here. When you're a real Bayda, it's saying, I mean, nothing against New York. Y'all walk everywhere. Y'all got trains and all that and subway system. And but we ain't got a integrated network like that. When we got to go somewhere, if you can't get on the bus, you's going to have to walk. Right. You might have to say what's up to a couple raccoons along the way, depending on what time of night it is. But uh, you're going to have to walk. When I first went to New York, I walked from from Harlem. From like 125th down to like 42nd. And if I if I would have walked that same distance in the city, I would have just went from third good to like silver, uh to like um mission and silver. For for real. Like let me break it down to you. Let me break but it down to like, you. So like 80 that, 80 blocks it's in, literally in like New York is just six, going like 10, 10 bucks. Six bus six six bus stops. Now, let me break it down to you. I walked from Washington Heights, which is a little bit farther than Harlem, all the way to Times Square, actually past Times Square to the World Trade Center. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. I'm like, they made they made Manhattan seem like the most gigantic place in the world. And I'm like, bruh, I used to walk from Ocean Beach to Pier 39 or from Daly City Bar to the marina. Like that was just a normal thing to do. Like I'm a walk, cut through the mission, walk down the mission like I will walk. And I'm sitting here in, in New York, right, the first time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, let's just walk. And I'm like, wait, this is Central Park? I'm like, oh, that's the museum. Oh, okay. This Times Square? Oh, okay. All these landmarks. <laughs> it's all like this close I'm like, to each other. I made it through everything? How Spider-Man make it seem like he just flying everywhere and it's super huge? That's, and that's I did it in like... Get, that's why he can get somewhere, everywhere so fast because ain't, he ain't going that far. Too much going on in this little island. Okay, that's, that's all why I'm he. Could, that's why he could swing from the East Village through Hell's Kitchen to Harlem, and then and then back with no and back to the Daily Bugle, just like that, because he ain't going Man, that far. I mean, you know, I love New York. Don't get me wrong, but that's when I realized it's really just because it's old. That's all it is. It's just old. It just has so much time to set the the flavor didn't set in, so it's just been there for like a long. Because San Francisco don't, you know, it, it, it don't feel that old. So you know that's the biggest difference. Because I'm like, I walked the whole all of Manhattan, but Central Park is big though. It's big, but when you're from the city, it's kind of like I mean, what kind of big we talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, really think about it. You walk that thing, you, I'm already out of it. I'm already gone. Well, like, cause, yeah. Yeah. See, that's what I'm just but saying. But if you walk within saying. it a few times, then you can feel like it's big. Yeah, loop de loop, loop de lie. Okay, loop de loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's all it is. Going in circles. 
See, look what she almost done started something. He done got us going down the, the, the path of, of reminiscing on city infrastructure and civics. Yeah, we'll 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 catch him in the summer because I know he gonna have some some music for us for the summer. Oh yeah, we'll, he's gonna we'll, have to have some some August nights, some hot August nights music. I know that's for sure. Yeah, I know. Talking about West Coast, yeah, I got some, you know, to the homies. Stay tuned, man. For sure. Yeah, man. Now I'm reminiscing, man. Uh, my mini rides when I was like five years old. I think they used to be like fifty cents, fifty cents, seventy five cents. Man, yep. <laughs> they used and to this, be. A nickel and a, a dime. They used to be a quarter when we was young. See, I remember the the thirty five cent time period. That quarter dime tragedies. Oh man, that was that when they added a dime. That was a big thing. That was a big thing, man. Like we, you, like you know what I used to do. Once I caught on, I was like, if I just bring a bunch of pennies and jam the system, I'm saving the world. Like really, I would come on the bus with a bag, a ziplock of pennies dump it in it would clog up the, the thing and then they'd be like all right diabolical i was on bro i'm trying to save the world out here you want a free ride on the muni i got you all day you're just gonna see the transfers just with a rubber band around out of order man. just get your transfer keep going i'm out here saving y'all well, one of my strategies one thing i i noticed like the drivers they didn't really pay attention to the amount so at one point, it was 75 cents. I probably just put in, like, a couple of nickels and dimes, you know what I'm saying? It just <laughs> wouldn't pay attention. Oh, yeah, we all had them moments. I remember them. Like, they don't even care. They just be like, yeah. as long as they hear clink, 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 and yeah. give you a transfer, yeah. But see, the thing is, it was really about their compassion. Like, that's what they was doing it. It wasn't that they was, didn't care or they wasn't noticing. They was looking the other way to look after people. Because right. they because they wasn't in control of you know people's you know situation, and so you know sometimes that's their way of giving back is to let people ride, you know. And as long as people was willing to pay something, you know they they knew that they wasn't you know it wasn't because they didn't have it was because they didn't have it that they would you know wasn't paying. And don't don't get on it. Don't say nothing because they will say that to you. Like at least pay something. Like you just you ain't even gonna acknowledge I'm here. And I'm like. My bad, bro. Yep, that's I, it. I ain't know, but yep, you're right. That's you, true. Say you ain't got it. Shout out to the the Muni the drivers Muni, with the Muni passion. drivers, the, the illest bus drivers, the illest in the world. For real, you be chopping it up real quick, getting put on some game, wouldn't even know it. Just stand behind the line. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a throwback. Man, back when the uh, buses used to be all tagged up as well, man. Yeah, late night rides, man. Late night rides for real. Oh yeah, them late night rides. Especially if you ever, if you ever had a bad situation, you for surely could get your sleep on four in the morning on a on a nine to fourteen to ninety one. Like them, really, when it was it was crucial when you didn't have a place to go, Muni was on. So, shout out to Muni for real. For Muni was Muni is essential to the living in san francisco experience like muni is like like i remember people was trying to steal the jackets and the hats because they just wanted to wrap it so hard like i want that brown and orange like i'm like you got that you got that hat how you do that man yeah, no true still, still the illest uniforms for real for real 
got us got us on episode 38 almost uh reminiscing on the great san francisco city sco frisco my goodness going down a rabbit hole i tell you yeah yeah man it's crazy thank you, thank, thank you for i got another on, question man. I, got, I got another question this one's for you uh you had mentioned you know living in hp man uh would they bump RBL Posse out there in HP yeah. like back in the day? Yeah, I've I've been listening to RBL for forever. Yeah, because like, I, I heard that like RBL used to get like hate in their own hood. I mean, that had nothing to do with the music though. Like it would it didn't stop people from listening to the music. Like, um, like they got um, Black Sea got killed, you know, in the city. You know, and so that's one of the things. Like they had just signed a record deal, and then you know, then um, Hitman, Hitman. You know, they just you know went through tough times where you know a member got killed, and you know just just after they nineteen ninety six. Um, but yeah, used to always to always front back side to side while you was right to this. There's a blue butter on my shoulder. Can I kill it? Man, there's a blue butter on my shoulder. Can I kiss it on my shoulder? Yeah, like our RBL, like I grew up listening to, you know, just a lot of hip hop. And like growing up, I didn't know that that Bay Area music, that San Francisco music, that our rap, our hip hop was underground. I didn't know it was indie music because we used to listen to it all the time. I thought it was popular music. And I didn't know that, you know, we just had entrepreneurs and independent folks who was hustling and grinding, you know, getting their music out, you know, to, to the streets. But, you know, that's something that's, a, you know, part of the heritage. That's something that's part of, you know, the, the lifestyle and the mentality, you know, of, of music, people making music in the Bay Area. But I didn't know that a lot of our stuff was independent. I know it was um and uh underground music. For sure, for sure. Yeah, people don't realize that like that we we kind of lived in a bubble with our music because a lot of the local stuff was everything. Like it was it was the mainstream to us because you hear it all the time, you hear it all around you, and you know, it created this this false sense of identity within like a larger, like kind of national scope. Like, well, where do we, how do we fit in in this equation when you talk about the greats and you don't acknowledge the greats that we have here, right? Like we, we holding it down and people talk about ownership. Now, guess where the game came from? Yeah. I mean, and, and still, right. Just like, just like Lil B like producing you know, so much music, writing for so many people, making music for so many people, for people wanting that boom clap sound. Like, after Bass Boys came out, so much music after that sounded like Lil B and Young L's production. Like, after that, like, whether they, whether it was Cat Daddy or um, Tiger's music, you know, or Drake, like just the whole 2000s was just sounding like the Bay, even early, you know, 2010s, it sounded, sounded like the Bay. And you know, 
people wasn't you know talking about it i mean you still get some of that um yeah you still still get a lot of that um that sound especially now with this tiktok era a lot of this music that's coming out is still sounding like that stuff from back then yeah shout out to one of the greatest producers ever known rick rock my goodness like just True. just had to shout that out because the, the federation album is a classic for that era. Like my, anyways, I digress. So many, so, so many classics out of there. So many classics. So many. Out of, out so of, many. Uh, from 2000 to 2010. So many classics from the Bay that influenced hip hop and, uh, and popular music in a major way. Mr. Fav, son of a, I ain't going to say it on here because we're going to respect the language barriers, but amazing, iconic time period to be in um any EAC. final thoughts any final words eas man tracks million anyways like any final thoughts final words i uh, just just want to say that i appreciate Almoth coming on here and kind of telling us um really what the youth is thinking you know what the young you know the young you know independent artist is thinking and you know his mindset you know that he's community oriented you know even though he's focused on his music he's also focused on school you know focused on giving back that's it's big to see that you know it's important that we see that you know from the from our community and you know just a, a native of san francisco and a young cat you know you know 21 years old congratulations have have you belated you know back in december um but yeah i appreciate you coming through bro um it's big, you know. Glad you came in at the last minute, you know, answered the call. But you know, I feel like, you know, you shared a lot with us. I feel like we, you know, was able to learn a lot from you. And you know, I look forward to um, rolling in the West. You know, coming out tomorrow. For sure, for sure. Everybody go listen to that. As soon as it comes out tomorrow, bump that almost thug, a double L M O T H U G. Okay get to it um yeah any final thoughts on mo before we wrap up uh yeah uh you know i'm not trying to hold you up for too long i just want to say i'm thankful to, to the folks that have been supporting i'm thankful for y'all you know what I'm saying for having me here you know shout out to figo for calling me and yeah man just god bless y'all enjoy the rest of your day stay tuned rolling in the west drops tomorrow for sure, for sure. Sure. um yeah no nah, take it easy this has been another episode, episode 38 of the Lyrical Ones podcast. And as we like to do at this time, because it turns out that, yeah, the iPod I've been using, because I do use the iPod to play the theme song, is actually on its way out the door. That's something that is a whole nother tragedy in my life, besides Daft Punk breaking up this week. So, you know, as we get to it, you know, it's just everybody, you know, be true to yourself love yourself be good to yourself and just you know just yeah keep repping for your for your people because yeah. that's what it's all about love, love people man some the closest you get to god is the person across from you
One, 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 one.